listeners. I've got Dr. Daniel Moses here, who is obviously a pleasure to have him on my podcast this morning. He's willing to give up his precious time to spend a bit of time with us to talk about some of his hacks and also some of his tips to uh, obviously overcome some of this recession and economic challenges. So, Dr. Daniel Moses, are you able to tell us a bit more about yourself so that my audience can get to know you? Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Aaron, for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure. And it's been great connecting as well. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things I always say to people in life, everything we ever wanted is from our mind. The power of our mind is what creates, you know, what we become, what we do, and how we make our judgments day in and day out. Everything begins from your mind. If your mind tells you you're ill, then you'll be physically ill because you're going to manifest it. If your mind tells you you're successful financially and you take the right level of actions day in and day out, automatically that will compound to creating financial wealth. Mm -hmm. So everything we've ever wanted begins from the mind. So for me, I discovered all of this having been through different journeys of my life. I've been an entrepreneur for just about 22 years and I only became very successful over the last six years. You know, I've been on this journey, you know, searching from one thing to the other, doing all kinds of things. And it's only six years ago I really found my true purpose. Number one, why I probably did not find my true purpose all these years was because I never understood the importance of self-development. I never understood the importance to play with those that already have what you wanted in life. Mm. All right, to befriend those people who have joy, peace, wealth, you know, health, good things, you know, money and all of these things. I did not really understand how these things work. But over the last six years, I understood different things. And this only came through from when I basically lost everything and I gave up everything that I should become. So in 2015, I lost over 150,000 pounds in my business way back in Nigeria, in the oil and gas industry. I became depressed. I had anxiety. I gave up life of entrepreneur and everything was just falling apart. But this brought me into the self-discovery of, you know, that has made me or, you know, you know, told a part of who I have become today. Mm. So for me, I just I just say to everyone who is listening right now that yeah. our journey, you know, begins for our mind. Mm. You know, and this whole world that we live in and the paradigm shiftness leading you to a, a great part of your life will only begin, you know, should you work on your mind. Because if mm. you work on your mind, every other thing will definitely start to, to fruition. Wow. Yes. I completely agree with you. I am. Uh, I agree. You know, it's over the last few years, I also work on my mind and I realized that's, that's where you create everything around you. Absolutely. So uh, Dr. Moses, uh, so what are your credentials? You know, what, what do you do now? You know, you've got so many things there, you know, just tell us all about it. Great, great. I love that. <laughs> Don't worry, you're not bragging. You're just, you know, I know you, you've got so much, you know, so many accolades to, uh, you know, to claim for. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably start with the most recent one that I've just acquired, to, you know, just literally a couple of days ago. I became a member of the Forbes Coaches Council in the US. I mean, most, most of you listening probably know who Forbes are. Mm-hmm. So Forbes is 
basically one of the largest US uh, media organization that recognizes works that people do to inspire, to aspire, to motivate a lot of other people, especially those who are in the coaching industry and, or those who are in the influence industry. So once you get recognized by Forbes, it's almost like, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're there a little bit yeah. now as a coach, right? So for yeah. me, that has been our most recent accolades that we've added. And I'm so super fired up and so super excited for that. But it all did not just start by being, you know, now member of the Forbes Council. It started once upon a time when I lost everything in 2015 and I wanted to become, you know, I wanted to quit, but I didn't quit. And I fought, you know, the demons in me that said I was a failure, that, that actually wanted me to embrace failure. And that has now told a part to giving me all these different successes or rather all these different accolades that I now have. So in 2015, I lost everything. In 2016, I started to research and there is a God factor in it, but I'm not going to go into that yet, just yet. However, I got into property as a property manager. So property manager, meaning that, you know, most of you probably listening will know what a lessons agent does. A lessons agent manages your property, make sure that there's, you know, the repairs and the maintenance are done, collection rent and stuff like that. But what I did was quite different, a little bit from the lessons agent, which is managing the property for the landlord and being the guy who basically does all the dirty work, right? Mm -hmm. So we use the strategy called rent to rent. So rent to rent means that you offer a landlord a guaranteed rent, okay? And regardless of whether the property is empty or not, you have to pay the rent because you're offering them a guaranteed secured rent. Mm -hmm. So I, that's exactly how I got started in property. So I started as a property manager and within the very first 12 months, I managed to secure about eight properties in my portfolio. That allowed me to basically start earning a good, decent living. Before that, I was an Uber driver, but the property management business allowed me to quit my job as an Uber driver because when I lost everything in 2015, I became an Uber driver. So from 2015 all the way to 2017, you know, I was driving Uber. By 2018, I was able to completely replace the income that I was getting as an Uber driver. And that, that allowed me to grow my property management business. Now, while I was growing my property management business, I then decided to, to start acquiring assets with the income and the, you know, the connections that I was already getting in the property management industry. So I then set up a property investment company, which then allowed me to work with investors, professionals who were busy, you know, and had a lot of money in their bank accounts and did not know what to do with that money. And that money was losing them, you know, money every now and then. So for example, if you have a hundred thousand pounds in your bank account right now, yeah, the hundred thousand pounds you're having in your bank accounts as your account balance is losing you money because what you could do with a hundred thousand pounds, yes, last year, you can't do with a hundred thousand pounds this year. And yet you have a hundred thousand pounds balance in your account and you're watching that money and thinking that you're rich. Actually, no, you're not. You're losing money. So for me, getting started in property the second year, uh, sorry, rather the, going into the third year, which was now 20, 2019, I started to build relationship with people, professionals, just like yourself, who are doctors or medical doctors in the industry who had hundred thousand pounds, 50,000 pounds, even 20,000 pounds, even 10,000 pounds. So I started to work with those people. So those people started to invest with me where I was offering them return on investment. So for example, 
if someone gave me a hundred thousand pounds, I would give them a little bit of a return. The return could start from at least eight percent. So this individual started to work with myself, and that allowed me to start acquiring assets. So I would acquire assets, I would refurb them, I would refinance them, and then pay them a return back at the set agreed or at the anniversary date of the day that was agreed. So very, very quickly, by 2020, come lockdown, whilst everyone else was afraid, I already knew what I was doing because I started it in 2019. Before that, I had already got a few properties on my portfolio I was managing. We had over 100 tenants on our profile now. So when everyone else was panicking during the lockdown, I just kept working with people who had money in their bank accounts, and I continued to acquire more assets. So that gave birth to my second you know, my second arm of the business. Mm. Whilst that was also ongoing, and I was very active on the media, mm. the, the, second, the third part was because a lot of people was asking me, how are you staying so motivated and inspired and always, everyone is afraid, it's lockdown, no one is coming out, we're seeing you on these different sides because the property industry was opened. All right, so it gave us a strong booster. February 2020, we initially registered our, our educational arm of the business. So throughout the lockdown, we kept inspiring people. We kept motivating people. By the end of 2020, our exposure on media in what I was doing has you know, almost gone viral because by the end of 2020, we had coached at least, if I was right, over hundreds of hundreds of individuals. Wow. And 2021, that just, you know, that just continued to grow on its own. So that now, I was a property manager. I'm using investors finance to work and build a property portfolio for myself and i'm talking about it so this fully became an educational company so we wow. basically gave back to our educational company we started inspiring people and then you know the business just started to grow and 2021 i um a lot of people were demanding from me write a book write a book again i went on and i wrote a book called the yeah. rental and made easy you know oh my days it's just <laughs> You know, I can't literally, it's, it's just so exciting. I mean, me even thinking about it right now gets me really excited. Yeah. Because here was I in 2015 from depression, from thinking that my whole world is ended. Now, by 2021, I had built a business, you know, across all four um, arms of the of the business. We we had built a business that was now valued in the region of over, over 3 million by the end of 2020. Mm. One, uh, sorry, by the end of 2020, and then by the end of 2021, my entire organization, you know, mm -hmm. we had built a portfolio of about 7 million, and mm -hmm. we had educated over a thousand people, we had worked with, mm -hmm. you know, larger investors. So on a nutshell, just to kind of wrap it up, so I do property management today, I still have a management company, Thriving, mm -hmm. I have an education arm, we've educated over a thousand people. Yeah. Uh, we have an investment arm. We've worked with, um, you know, people working with us and, you know, financing our projects. Wow. Uh, we also have, we run multiple events as well. We run social networking events. Uh, at the moment, if I'm very right, it's been classified as one of London's, you know, most talked about uh, wow. wealth business networking events, which I host every quarter. And as well as I have a podcast called the Wealth and Business Podcast. Wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, probably as we go into the conversation, we'll be able to dive Yeah, in. that's how I got to know you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. So that's just a little bit of a summary of, of who I am and how my journey you know began. That's amazing, isn't it? From where you were and uh, you know, just working on your mindset, continue to, you know, 
don't get discouraged, just grind and hustle. And that's always a way. If there's a will, there's always a way, isn't it? Absolutely. Whenever there's and a now will. Now you, you've achieved so much. And uh, you forgot to tell us how you managed to get your doctorship and also your, you know, all the awards you've got. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, I have been doing a lot of influencing work and the Cornerstone University actually, uh, you know, invited me for an interview. If I'm right, I think this was a, the late part of 2021. So I was invited for an interview um, to kind of, you know, share what I've been doing. So because what's been happening is that this particular set of university have been going out there looking for people who are bringing hopes, people who are inspiring and lifting others, or people who are doing quite well in basically standing for, a, you know, a single purpose. So I was, I was basically invited for that interview because they said they've been attracted by my work. And after that, in February 2021, I, did, I was then invited for a second interview. So only to be told, the reason why they've been interviewing me is that I've been shortlisted to be, and not, I've been shortlisted to be nominated for a decorate award. All right. So a decorate award, obviously, when you become a doctor, you have two different sets of doctors. So mm -hmm. one is academia. So academia means that you went to school, you studied PhD, you studied, mm -hmm. you went all the way through your PhD, or you are decorated with mm -hmm. a doctorate degree for your credibility, what you've given to the society and all and all this stuff. And again, I'm also someone who's quite very passionate about educating a lot of other individuals. So and based on all, the, all of this, I was I was awarded a doctorate in um in christian leadership and business uh business management and wow. this was in march last year wow congratulations that's amazing isn't it what absolutely. a uh, absolutely and last year we won four awards where i was nominated as a you know i'm originally born and bred nigerian i was nominated for the nigerian business icon of the year wow. and as well as i um i've always carried my wife along everything I do, because I believe two, one, one, one can make a lot of greatness, but two can make greater success and greater greatness. Yeah. So myself and my wife have been married for 17 years. So we was also nominated within the African community for the African Couples Awards. And wow. as well, I um, was also nominated and, and, and decorated with the award of a property developer of the year, author of the year, and you know, the, lot, the list can go on and on. <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing. Wow. So you really achieve a lot, isn't it, within this short period? And yeah, going back to your wife uh, helping you out. So uh, I remember reading about it and that's obviously wanted to dwell a bit more about it. Since you've mentioned about it, how is it like working with your wife in the business? Wow. I would probably say it's not easy. It definitely, it's not, it's not easy at all. Uh, because here you're getting to now have to deal with three sets of relationship. So number one, you're you're dealing with a wife that is a woman that is your other half married. Then number two, you're working with a wife who is a mother to your children. And number three, you're working with a wife who happens to now be your business partner. And depending on how it's structured, you know, I'm the CEO of my organization. So that automatically makes me her boss as well. Right. So mm -hmm. and as well as business partners. So we're working with all these different things. And here is a woman who has been in the corporate industry for 25 years. Wow. My wife was in the corporate industry as in 25 years. And she was she rose to the top of her career as well. You know, and I've been an entrepreneur all my life. You know, 
And sometimes, you know, me giving her instructions on where I think the business needs to go. And she also thinking of our own vision of what she thinks the business needs to go. At first, when we started for the very first two months, we was very enjoyable. It was quite very interesting. But after the first two months, it wasn't for at least another four months because then the business really kicked up because the first two months was all the excitement of, okay, I no longer work for Max and Spencer. I wake up in the morning in my own time, in my own peace. I come back home in my own time, in my own peace. I relax and all of this. But after two months, the business in itself, in a complete industry, so she was in retail industry. Now she's in the property investment industry. She's in property development industry, property management, and also educational. So I'm a man with many hats in business, in property, because I have six streams of income in property. And she's coming as a operations director. So operations director means that in our business, she's got to be aware of every single part of this business. Mm. Because I miss one part. So it became very challenging. You know, but eventually we got we got through it and we are still getting through it. So I think one of the greatest parts of what we've learned is to work with each other. So basically yeah. put aside the fact that you're my wife, I'm your husband, you're the mother of my kids. We have two biological children. How can we treat the business as our third child? Ah, uh, yes. So if we have three children, we're going to treat them all the same. So yeah. If, we, if the business is going to come in between our marriage and our love life and our relationship, we have to treat it as a kid so that we have to then transfer the same emotion we have about our children to the business. So regardless mm. of whatever our children does to us, we are not going to bond the bridges or we're not going to do any harm to our children. So the mm. same thing, the business, we're not going to do a harm to it. The, 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 the children did not come in to separate our life. When we married, it was two of us. Then mm. two of us became four of us. And four yeah. of us became you know, five of us. So one of the greatest things that we've done was to bring that relationship in and say, okay, tomorrow the kids are going to grow. They're mm. going to grow by their own ways. But mm. the business is going to sustain us forever. Mm. Right? So how do we make sure that we, we, we nurture these relationships mm. that we have correctly and regardless, nothing comes in between it? Mm. So, and that's one of the greatest things that we, we, we've not continued to do. It's going to be one year anniversary in a couple of months that she's been in the business. And that is that part there. But I think for me, building a, building a business such as mine and with what I've done over the last six years, the greatest thing that has ever happened to me as a CEO, as a husband for, to my wife, the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, and I say that all a lot of the time, is I wish I knew my wife would have come into the business a lot more, you know, earlier. I wouldn't, have, earlier. I wouldn't have waited for me to have grown this business to the place I've grown it to and then say, come, then retire. But then again, I couldn't have done that because we depended on both incomes at some, at some point in our life. Mm. But now we have one income, we have one source, we have the third child, which is the company and the organization that we're building. And we love that child. And we just want to continue to raise that child to grow to this entity that we're going to look back and say, we did it, mm. created something that we never thought. So regardless of the fact that it could be very challenging having your wife in your business or working with your, alongside your husband, mm. I think it's so important for couples who are out there to, to understand the fact that two is better than one. Mm. You know, when God created humans, he didn't say a man 
comfort a child. He said, therefore, a man and a woman comfort, and they shall become one. And out of them, they will create. And out of that creation was a child. So I think when couples do come together, they need to understand that two people come together, they are greater minds. But obviously, they can't be at headlocks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they, of course, people have their own opinions, isn't it? And and I'm I can see that you guys have obviously over the months, you know, you have learned to, you know, how to talk to each other, how to negotiate, how to come to terms with different decisions. Um, obviously, that's how you do, isn't it? There'll be a difficult situation where you have your own opinion. She will have her own, and obviously, you're gonna find the best between the two. Yeah, and that was why I actually ended that last statement with you can't be at headlocks, never. Mm-hmm. Because if you just lock each other all the, head, all the time having headlocks, then it's going to lead nowhere. It's all about compromise. It's all about negotiation. Yes, that's right. At, at the time where it becomes, God forbid, if it was ever to happen that we can't compromise, then it just then means that something, you know, we have to then put the, you know, say, okay, maybe we'll have to go back. But I don't think that will ever happen, you know, because... For me, her set of skills has always been managing, you know, yeah. managing things. Managing. It's wow. always, yeah, it's all about just coming together and really work together. I think for me, not just marriages, to be honest, in life, if only people can literally learn to really work with one another, I think mm. this world would be a better place. Of course, yeah. I think that's what a lot of business owners are telling me. The hardest is actually people management mm-hmm. in all businesses. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. I just want to get on to what you've just mentioned about the business being your third child. So how do you manage the time? Because obviously you've got two kids. Obviously they need a lot of your time. And uh, obviously you've got your wife as the operational managers. You're working together. So the time management and do you bring work back to home? I would definitely say at the moment, yes, we're still bringing work back to home because it's only been a year, right? Um, But the goal is, you know, we've actually set a timeline. And the timeline is between now and the next, maybe another year, you know, how do we then not bring work back to home? Mm. And um, it has to, you have to go through that phase, right? You know, it's like these days you see entrepreneurs reading, entrepreneurs who are just getting started as an entrepreneur reading the four-hour work week. Yeah. And I and I and I laugh at that. I laugh at that concept. The reason why I laugh at that concept, there is no easy work or working smart when you start a business. You have mm. to work hard first. Yes. You have to in anything in life, you have to work hard mm. first. You have to build the foundation. That's right. And if the foundation is solid, then you can build 20, 20 floors above it. But if the foundation is weak, whatever you put on it is going to crumble. So, yes, we're still bringing work back home now. But one of the things we've succeeded in doing is I have an office. So my wife works from the office now. I work from home. Wow. So I'm currently in my office at home, and this is where I'm working from. So she works from the the office. She manages about a team of four in the office and and then manage another team of five overseas. So And in total, nine people she's managing. And I work from home. So one of the things we did after the first six months was say, okay, let me work from home. You work from the office. All right. And then we use a system. So we use a project management system to communicate. But on the overview, when we do come back home in the evening, we catch up. How was work today? 
you know, how did that happen? And we now just have a conversation about it, mm. you know, and that's one of the things that we done very, very quickly. So for me, I think one of my greatest skills, because I coach a lot of people, I speak to different people every day. I've yeah. spoken to high level of worth individual, you mm. know, people who are at their beginner stage of wealth creation. So one of my greatest skills is that, you know, I always, I, I observe things and, you know, and, 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 and I get creative in how to make sure conflicts are in reserve because I'm a good negotiator. Mm, that's good. It's, that's a very good skills to have. Yeah, I'm a very good negotiator, you know. So, and that has helped me to overcome the fact that, yes, even though we bring work back at home, but it's not that we're working, but we're just yeah. discussing. It's almost like, what's going to happen next year? What's yeah. going to happen today? What's going to happen tomorrow? Uh, mm. Can you make sure that happens tomorrow? So it's just more genuinely having a conversation about the business. Again, being the third child, all right? Yes. Mm. So the attention is still on the third child at the moment mm. because she's just coming. It's less than a year. So the, ba- the baby of the house is the, is the organization. So she's Definitely. all excited and inspired about it. And yeah. like, oh, I didn't know it, t- it took you the level of work to build this. Mm. You know? and, and yeah, so that's what we're doing at the moment. Do you think that what you've you've done now, obviously bringing, uh, you know, all these uh, things, all this discussion home and making it quite interesting, do you think your kids are inspired to do what you're doing? Well, this is the importance of mentorship. So for me, I, uh, I've invested hundreds of hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, with myself uh, to my mentor. So and one of my mentors, I learned something from him. He brought his wife, his family everyone else into his business yeah. and and every time I've looked at him from the outside and from his coaching and from his business, from his entity, he's built his business into his, his family mm. and his family into his business. Yeah. So, and the way he's intertwined all together. And I yeah. remember asking this question when we had the opportunity, when I had the, because he's quite a big individual. So when I had the opportunity to ask him the question, this was exactly what I asked him many years ago. I said, how did you manage to integrate your family, your kids, your kids talk about the business, your wife mm. talk about the business, and your business obviously is all seen around them. How did you manage to do this? And, and, and I learned the secrets of how he done that. And for me, and that's allowed me to also now bring my children into my business. So for example, my daughter is 12 years old. I'm already, you know, modeling her in the sense that she understands what I what I do on a day-to-day business as the CEO of this organization. Mm. My son is very passionate about media. He's wow. passionate about tech. So somehow, you know, he's got quite a massive YouTube channel that has grown in less than two years to about, wow. about uh, 100,000 views. Wow. So, yeah, so, and he's 15 years old. And I'm like, okay. Wow. If you've done that to your YouTube channel, why don't you come and look at what you can do to my YouTube channel? And I'll pay you for that. So now he works, you know, I'm like, okay, you, so because if he wants money to do something, I said, okay, why don't I pay you X, Y, Z on a weekly basis and you do this for me? Well, that's that's working. That it's working. That's entrepreneurship, you know. Yeah. And my daughter as well. So my daughter, you know, sometimes she works alongside my, my executive assistant you know, to kind of understand what goes on on and on day to day in my life. So I've kind of really brought my children into my business. Mm. And I remember we had a conversation the other day and I, and I asked my son, I said, I have a vision to build an empire. Mm. What do you think, you know, 
what do you think you could do in this in this building of the empire? And he said to me that whatever you've done now, if you ever choose to retire, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna quadruple what you, whatever you've ever, whatever you. Wow. And I said, okay, how do you want to do that? He said, because I know I'm gonna become the CEO. Mm. You know, and he understands money now. You know, and in fact, he's he, he the money he makes. He don't spend money. You know, unlike you know, like how I'm spoiling him, right? I do spoil him, but he doesn't go out to spoil his money. Mm. So the other day I was having a joke with him. I was like, oh, Abraham, I need a hundred pounds. It's like, yeah, dad, I've got a hundred pounds. Right. And I said, where'd you get that from? It's like, oh, you give me money every single week. And I save that money. I don't go about spending the money on like my younger sister who likes to you know, buy things every now and then, buy, buy, you know, buy all these different things. So I've actually shown him how to really manage, manage a business. And I think it's so important for entrepreneurs out there to kind of have that conversation with their kids, you know, and kind of show them the vision of this is where, this is where we want to be in 10 years. Mm. I have a 15 to 20 year plan to be at a certain level in my business, mm. which takes me to around about the age of 60. Mm. Now, my intention is to, in terms of when people talk about retirement, oh, are you not going to retire? Because I do what I love, yeah. you know, it's going to work. Yeah, it's not work. It's not work. I do what I love. So, yeah, yeah it's all about bringing your family into your business. So yeah. my family is now being brought in as an entrepreneurship family. Yes, wow. I'm raising, I'm rich, I'm raising an entrepreneurial children. Yes, wow. That's amazing, isn't it? You should write a book on that. In fact, it's in it's some part of this is in is in my upcoming book as well. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! I think people needs to know because it, it's going to help a lot of people. Now, talking back to what you've just mentioned, you said your mentor actually gave you some of these secrets about how to you know um, help working in obviously your relationship, but also, you know, bringing it into your, um, you know, into your business, you know, carefully, safely, and obviously effectively. So what what did your mentor in a way tell you? I mean, I'm not going to ask his name just in case everything is obviously proper secrets, but obviously, you know, just a little bit of golden nuggets that you can give us beside what you've already told us. You know, Everything I do in my business today, my wife knows. I have no secrets from her. And I've spoken to some setting men who could think, oh, oh, no, you shouldn't do that because you're exposing yourself. I'm like, no, you're not. You're actually building yourself up. Because mm. for me, if people look at my entire social media, if you go on my Instagram, you go on my Facebook, I talk about my wife a lot. I talk about my children as well. Mm. I talk more about my wife a lot because my wife is adult and stuff like that. Sometimes you want to keep the children out a little bit as well. Mm. So for me, I work with investors every day. Mm. At every single time I went for that dinner meeting with my investors, the next person sitting right there in front of me is my wife. Wow. Right? We're having a dinner. We're having a lovely meal. We're discussing business. My wife, she can be silent if she wants. She can be quiet if she wants. She Mm. maybe make a less comment, but she is actually, you know, we are building a relationship together with our investors. Right? Right? We're having a lovely meal. We're talking. She's there. Every other, at least twice, worst case scenario, twice a month, you know, myself and my wife, we go out just to basically, you know, eat out and dine out and integrate the business into that. Mm. Right. And this 
all these different strategies were strategies that enables you to relax the mind of your wife. Yes, mm. you work, 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 but you also enjoy. Yeah. Right? Now, um, we're we actually having a, a plan very soon to start doing even some episodes on our podcast to kind of share some of these things that we are applying to our life that mm. brings the tension down. Yes, of course. And how we also obviously control the tension. So one of the secrets that I've learned from my mentor is to be very open and 100% transparent to your wife. Mm. So we have both our personal bank account and our business bank account. My wife knows my wife knows the, the, the last penny in my personal bank account. She knows. Wow. Mm. I know the last penny in her bank account. Mm. So in my family, in, between myself and my wife, there is not my money or her money. It is our money. It is, mm. our, it is our life. All right? So fine. The idea to building this empire or to building this business, to creating, you know, the organization that we're building together mm. is, you know, there has to be a visionary. And that visionary started from myself, yeah. right? So my wife was in the corporate industry for 25 years. I was busy doing every single thing to, to, to not have a vision that I have. So mm. yeah, the vision comes from me, but it's our vision. So yeah. there is not a different vision that she's following. It is one vision. So yeah. it's the vision that I, I have sold to her and she looked at it and then she believed in it so much yeah. that she said, okay, I think I can quit my 25 years career where I was earning this, she was earning this and this and this and wage. Mm, mm. So, so she yeah. saw the vision so big to, to follow. Yeah. That's amazing. I was just about to ask you, how did you convince her to come in? Because you see, not every family is as blessed as you because you managed to, you know, managed to obviously convince your wife to come in and do the thing together. Because sometimes in relationships, the pair, I mean, like the pair, they may not uh, into the same thing, like uh, that particular business uh, or even, you know, you, you managed to convince your wife to leave her career and then come and join you. So what did you do in a sense to convince her and brought her on board? One of the things, one of the great things I learned as well in life is that I learned something from my mentor and he said, the only firm you will get people to trust you is to work aggressively in your vision. Mm. Say it again. The only thing in life to get people to support you is to yep. work aggressively on your vision. Okay. Right? So for me, when I started all of this, yeah, my wife has always seen me as an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur my life. Like I said, 22 years I've been an entrepreneur. Mm. But I started doing things a bit more even differently that my wife can see the growth in yeah. six years. I'm not even near where I'm going to. Yeah. I'm not even near this kind of success that I want. I'm not even near the kind of level of money I want. But one of the things I think I've achieved is that I have learned to become a person of value. Mm. And I continually show that value every single day. Mm. maybe at at any given point in time she probably never thought you know okay oh wow but now she can see the same man I married for we've been married for 17 years Mm. right so the same man I married has actually become this person 
that is growing every single day. And I say this all the time, if you're not growing, you're dying. That's right. I'm not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Work aggressively so much on your vision mm. that other people who have no choice than to actually see you're going somewhere and then they would even have to put their life, bet on their life to support mm. that vision to see you succeed. That's In right. this case, she's not trying to see me succeed. She's trying to see us succeed as a power couple. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So one of the things I've been able to do, not really did I convince her, I think it became clear to her that this man is going somewhere. Yeah. And it would be, it would, what would be the word? It would not be fair if I can't literally give up everything to support him. And I think marriages should be like that. Relationships should be what it truly is in the Bible, till death do us pass. Of course, yeah. It should be really that. So for my wife, I really want to give out a massive, massive, you know, shout out to this if you're listening, Millie. I want to say thank you for believing in me, for, for trusting me and supporting me through the last, especially the last six years to literally building what we're building. And for giving up your part to join me, for us now to have one vision. So I think it's so important for couples to literally nurture a vision, mm. especially entrepreneurship, if yeah. that is what that family really want to become. Obviously, if his careers is a bit different because you can have a doctor, has a husband, you can have a solicitor, it can be two different separate industries, but mm. then you find a balance. But for I'm talking about entrepreneurship here. So yeah. for us, we decided to make our life, our family become an entrepreneur family. Yeah. All right. And it was hard making that transition because she's done one thing over and over again for 25 years. Mm. I think it became the fact that she saw me aggressively mm. I believe in what I believe in and mm. I've invested and I've, I'm, I'm associating myself to the mm. part that I want to create. And she had no other thing than to basically say, you know, I want to be with you through this. Wow. And through that door's part, let's go and make it happen. Of and, course. Yeah. And that is, I think that will probably be the convention that she 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 got and then and and then came through to supporting myself. I think you you are very blessed to have her. Thank because you. it's it's not easy to to have somebody who's obviously um happy to go on board. Um and again, you know. Yeah, I think you you've done some great stuff to actually convince her. And I think the way you've developed and grown has inspired her. And hence she's happy to obviously follow your footsteps and obviously growing together. And uh it, the amazing thing is you can see that you're also leading your kids as well. Yeah. So you have definitely shown some great leadership. Um so that they are happy to go on board. That's often the case. Yeah, I mean, just really to kudos to you, you know. And yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that I've unearthed this part, you know, because just that one question, and yeah. we've gone down this uh, super rabbit hole, and we managed to yeah. get this super important, because it's, I've, I've actually spoken to so many millionaires, you know, and uh, again, not everybody is as, as less as you to have you know somebody on board working in the business yeah absolutely i mean just to kind of quickly add something else there is that success leaves clues yeah success leaves clues and i'm sure you would have heard this before 
can, there can never be two captains in a ship. Mm. Right? When there is a war, there can never be two generals trying to lead a war. When soldiers go to war, only one, you know, general leads that, leads the army. Yeah. Right? And I think for relationship, in as much as we live in a civil society, right, where I'm talking about entrepreneurship here, guys, all right? Yeah. I, I just need to be clear. I'm talking about entrepreneurship. I think a lot of people are trying to lead at the same time, leading nowhere, mm. right? A lot of people are trying to lead, leading nowhere because sometimes couples come together and they have these headlocks. Yes, you will have it. Mm. But it's also very important for couples to kind of put self aside. That's right. And put self aside and say, what is good for us? Mm. So not what's good for me, not what's good for Daniel, Moses, or not what's good for Millie, Moses, is what's good for me, what's good for her, what's good for the kids, what's good for people who one day see us. So today we inspire a lot of people. We have our own larger community, you know, and over the last couple of years, you know, over 100,000 people, around about 100,000 people became aware of me currently mm. UK. And these people follow me. These people come and like me every single day. And for me, I must be doing something right. Yeah. Something right. So it's not longer me now, right? It's about the impact I'm also having on other people. That's right. But before all these successes, especially in my marriage, myself and my wife, which I say this to her all the time, we are still a product mm. being created. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to lead. Mm. And thank you for seeing the great leadership skill you, you know, you, you know, in me. Mm. But whatever I'm doing is not for me, it's for us, mm. right? And there's, there's a lot of things that my wife will make decisions on today, and I wouldn't question her decision because mm. we have been so t- entwined together. So, for example, we just moved into our new house, which is a five-bedroom property in Bromley. I did not see the house. until she did everything. Yes, I did not see it. I did not enter into the house until the day we moved in. Wow. I did not see it, nothing. And I came and I was like, wow. So your wife did everything. So you just allowed her. Exactly. Wow. So you really got faith in her. I think that that is so important, isn't it? Giving her the free reign that you know, you trusted her, you believe in her, and she had this... Uh, confidence in her that she will do a good job. Yes. I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's wow. okay. That's, that's something that's, that's, to that's, learn. That's, that's that's couple's power. Two heads is better Two than heads. yeah, yeah. Of course. Why do you have to bother if you know she's capable of doing that? Absolutely. And it's also what she likes, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> right. Can I ask you something? Please. So you as a coach, your head as a coach, can I ask you? So let's say, so you are in a situation now, okay? Forget about your fa- current fa- family. Let's say you're given this scenario. You've got somebody who's very successful, either male, female, doesn't matter, but the partner refused to develop him or herself. So what, what would be your advice on that? The very first thing is that it everything, everything you've ever wanted, number one, everything you've ever wanted comes on the other side of fear. Mm. That's number one. The reason why a lot of couples don't stay together to unite is because everything they've ever wanted is barricaded by fear. What if my husband fail? 
So let me be the backup. So for myself and my wife, we've burned the bridges now. There is no what if my husband fails or whatever my husband my husband doesn't. So for a for a a, a a student or for a client or whatever the situation is that comes to me for that advice is number one, first of all, you have to know this will take time. My wife would be married, my wife and I have been married for 17 years. I think that gives me the sort of credibility to talk about marriage. A lot of marriages fail within the first five years or even the first 12 months. I've kept mine for 17 years. So I think that gives me a lot of credibility to talk about marriage. Myself and my wife, we had three divorce attempts at some point in our lives because things wasn't working. So mm-hmm. I've been through that and we fixed it, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it's so important that your other half has to, you, first of all, the individual who is trying to pitch the deck, mm-hmm. all right? To pitch the, the, the you know, the, the information out to the other have to be the true reflection of what they want to become for the mm. other to come along. Mm. And sometimes the other will come along, it will take time. Mm. Time is everything. But it but will- if that person doesn't want to develop, they, they just want, they're comfortable with where they are. Everything that we've ever become, we learned. We learned to be comfortable. We learned to be the greatest version of ourselves. We learned to become the worst version of ourselves. Yeah. Everything I have become today, I am becoming or have become. See, the difference is because you, the difference is you see that you want to develop and you want to be better. But some people just think that they are already good. So they don't need to become better. They just stay there. How do you convince them to move? I'll give you a case. I'll give you a case scenario. You know, have a I have a female or a few females in my community, the World Circuit community, which are individuals that I coach and mentor them and and you know in wealth creation, how to build wealth and how to build, you know, have your marriage and have your kids with you and all of this. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges, but the mm-hmm. very first thing is management. You have to learn to manage, you have to learn to still discipline, right? Now, in this firm, I think one of the biggest issues that we face is that the wife or the husband, all right, could be the challenging one, or the husband could be the challenging one. In this case, this woman, you know, she wants all the great things. She wants the perfect marriage. She wants the perfect money. She wants the perfect wealth. Well, the husband is the one that is laid back, right? So I said, okay, just find a way to bring him along yourself every time you're listening to something that is positive. Mm. Yes, he might not want to listen because he thinks he's smarter than everyone else, but just keep pushing, play whatever you want him to learn or whatever you want him to see, play it in front of him. So if you're if you're listening to a certain podcast that brings a lot of value, all right? So for example, imagine you're a woman and you're listening to this and you feel like, oh, there's a lot of not getting value what Dr. Daniel Moses is saying. Don't indirectly play this podcast on the background while he's maybe having a coffee. Mm. And then whilst he's... Whilst he's having that coffee, he's like, wow, did you hear what Dr. Daniel Moses just said? You plant. You plant it. You plant it and, and indirectly you water it. You water it. You water it. And it becomes a seed. You know, from the seed, it becomes a plant. From a plant, it becomes a tree. From a tree, it becomes something else. Mm. It's not building a day. I think the act of, I'm very, I'm not very, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm not a very patient person. But over, over time, I've also learned to become patient. You know, and I have also learned to choose what I become patient in or what I choose not to become patient in. Mm. And patient is what got me 17 years of marriage. Yes, of course. So you have to see that 
you know, plant, you know, get that seed, make it a plant, water it, nurture it. Look about the story about the Chinese bamboo tree. Mm. The Chinese bamboo tree, it took six years to grow tall. But if at any given point in time, that farmer stopped watering it, it would die. So I think couples need to understand that it's, I mean, you can be in a relationship where it can be very challenging. The other person is stubborn, doesn't want to grow, but just keep planting it. At some point, if the dream is so big enough, is if it's ambitious enough, they will have no cause than to, to support it. It's even in the Holy Book in the Bible. Mm. There's a place where your enemies will judge you too. At some point, if they can't get you, they start to pray for you. Mm. Wow. Time is everything. Time is everything. Oh, I love that. Yeah, lots to chew, really. Well, I'm going to listen to this back again. Right. Now, listening to all you've mentioned, so you, you, you spend a lot of money to develop yourself, isn't it? So among all your gurus and your mentors, so who are the ones that you really uh, look up to and uh, you want to mention or maybe make note of what they've done for you? I mean, one of my, one of my mentors, I really, you know, I, I can't really wait to, to meet him in person because I've not had the opportunity to travel to see him in person, you know, in real life. Uh, is, one, is my current mentor uh, who I, he's, he's a true role model you know, and, you know, seeing things that he's built, seeing where he's gone from literally a drug addict to building a $8 billion empire. Mm. So I, I, and for me, it just showed that in anything in life is you're limitless. Wow. There becomes a limit the moment you approve there is a limit. That's right. There becomes, there becomes scarcity when you accept there is scarcity. That's right. There is everything we've ever become. We made it up. Mm. Take a look at this, for example, Dr. Irene. This medium we're using to talk now was made up. That's right. Someone got the idea and created Zoom. Mm. Got the idea and created an iPhone. Everything we've ever become in this life is made up. So what's stopping you from making yours? Mm. My own mind. The food we're eating. Mm. You know, if you go back to human history, once upon a time, we went into the bushes and we ate pure, you know, pure leaves from the trees. Mm. But now we process that food and it becomes a meal. We serve it at the dining table. Yeah. So one thing I've learned from this individual who is so amazing and made so much impact in my life is he said one thing to me. Daniel Moses, everything you've ever wanted is made up. Go and create yours. Destroy mm. limitless. Wow. So who, who is this guy? His name is Grant Cordon. Oh, wow. Grant. Oh, so when are you going to see him? I'm going to be seeing him next year. Wow. Wow. You're going to have a nice, nice time with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just can't wait. Last year, I was. we were meant to have an event together in London, uh, which was one of the biggest events uh, you know, we wanted to have. Uh, fortunately, due to logistics issues and and so on and so forth, uh, the event got cancelled. Um, yeah, so really, really looking forward to to doing something big. He's he's been a in terms of financially, in terms of wealth creation, 
in terms of advice, you know, I have, he's made a lot of impact. Even how my thought process are, you know, wow. he's made a lot of impact. So you 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 were being mentored by him then. So I've been I've been on his mentorship program now for for two going to three years. Wow! Wow! That's yeah. amazing. Go to three years. Because a lot of the mentorships usually for 12 months. So you've been under him, his wing now for three years. Yeah, I just, I just renewed. You know, you just I renewed. Renewed. But before that, I had other mentors. You know, I've had other mentors in England. You know, I've had in my entire life, I've had four, like four mentors I've had a counter with on a one-to-one basis. Wow. You know, physically or online, you know, talking to myself. Yeah, I have had, um, you know, that, that, you know, relationship. So I've had four very good mentors from when I started at the beginning of my journey. Mentorship started for me for like three and a half thousand pounds now where I'm spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds, you know, on, on mentorship. So yes, I'm very, um, mentors have done a lot for me. Wow, wow. But also because you're an action taker, isn't it? That's where it got you to where you are. It's no point just paying the money, but actually not doing the action and moving forward. But obviously, if you're willing to pay for that amount for this many years, again, is because you've seen the fruit. Absolutely. This is it's you said it all. It's all about taking action. It's all about doing the work. Doing the work, yeah. But taking actions about doing the work. Um if if a mentor is giving you this is what he's done, it's like I tell my my people in my circle who I mentor, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm doing it. You know, how I build relationship on media, how I talk to people on media. You know, for example, you know, I will use a case study of even, for example, how you and I became, you know, friends to to show to someone, say, this is the steps, this is it, and this is how we got here. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you. But this is the thing, right? A lot of people don't have the will. Mm. You know, I was an Uber driver in 2016. Mm. 2017, I was an Uber driver. Mm. You can't stop driving as an Uber driver in 2018. Wow. You know, I'm still on the path. I'm not even there yet. You know, I, I get amazed when I talk about my success so far and also when other people have acknowledged it. But everything you've ever wanted, you become. That's you right. think about it. You know, thoughts become things. <laughs> I can't wait to see where where else you're gonna go, you know. So we need to see like a sequelae, you know, where you're gonna get to. I can't wait, you know, because it's like quite often when you continue this journey, things actually exponentially actually get even faster, isn't it? To the where more, you are. The more this is one of the things I've started to realize, right? As you go through this journey, so there is no destination. Uh, no there is no destination. It's the journey. It's the journey. A lot of people are looking for the destination. That's why sometimes they don't get, they don't, they don't, they don't, they, they don't get excited about it. It's uh. because you're thinking, okay, when I get to a million pounds, then I'm going to be happy. Mm. So when I become, when I become a billionaire, I'm going to be happy. For me, it's a journey. So I'm enjoying the journey. Yes. So, when when I when I lose money in the journey, I'm like God. Thank you, because I know I'm going to make the next amount of money. So maybe sometimes I'll give an example. There was a, I'll give, let me let me quickly share this. So we had a we had a, a staff that was working with us, and they wasn't delivering what they need to deliver. However, 
our personal director, who happens to be my wife, said, oh, you know, let's just keep working with them. I said, listen, one thing I've learned is to hire quickly and fire quickly. All right? You hire quickly, you fire quickly. I learned it from yeah. the US. There is no need trying to crumble your business, all right? You, you're crumbling your business. Yes, as long as you're not dismissing them within the, you know, within a wrongdoing, so within, you know, when they're doing right, all right, and then you just accuse them of not, no, let's review. And yeah. then we reviewed. And they were still in their probational period. Yes. They were still in their probational period and they wasn't delivering. I said to my operations director, why then do we need to, this person did an interview and they said they could do, did, 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 and now they can't even do Jack. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> why should we keep this person? Then it goes beyond that probational period and it's going to go into this. So what I'm trying to say here is that at the end of the day, in life, you've got to understand your destination. You've got to understand your journey, but you have to enjoy the journey. And in your journey, not everyone is going to be happy with you. In your journey, not everyone is going to go through it with you. That's right. You must be able to identify whilst you go through this journey, who do you need and who you don't need. Mm. And let those that you need come with you. That's right. Choose. You know, make it's choices. It's two mm. choices. It's not you're going to make it, you're not going to make it. So have that will that will enable you propel to that great journey of where you're going to and enjoy every single part of it. Okay, good. Right, let's, uh, yeah, thank you so much for all these golden nuggets. Now, so what would you say is your greatest failure? Whew. My greatest failure was... Like I said, I'm 43 years old now, and uh, I didn't understand one thing in my life, which was pain to play. Sorry? Pain to play. So my greatest failure is if I knew I've been an entrepreneur all my life, 22 years I've been an entrepreneur, So which means I was literally 21 years old, right, when I started this journey fully. Although I've always, you know, from the age of 16 going backwards, I didn't understand what mentorship was. I didn't understand what personal development was. I didn't understand pain to play. I didn't understand what it means to mix with the affluence. People who are influential. I didn't understand all these different things. So my greatest failure is I wish I knew what I know now. Okay. What I've, what I've accumulated over the last six years, I wish I knew it at the age of 26. Mm. I wish I knew it when I was 21. You know, so my greatest failure was I did not know what it is. It's like right now, my son is 15 years old and I am now um, looking to get him a mentor outside of me being his dad. Yeah. So I'm not looking to get him a mentor, a mentor probably that will be at the age of around 19 years old. So that the age of 19 years old can tell him what he's going to go through from the ages of 15 all the way to 19. Because at the age of 15, this is when a child starts to tell you they know more than you as a father. Mm. They understand more than you. So mm. my goal now is to go to church. So I'm already talking to someone in church who I'm going to get him to mentor my son who is 15 years old. Mm. I wish I knew what I know now. I would have had a mentor from the age of 21. I wish mm. I knew what I had now. I would have met, had a mentor at 26. Mm. So 
the only mentor I ever had was just watching things that surrounds me and just doing whatever the economy, the country, the, the, the environment that I was brought to me. So mentorship was something I never knew. And I wish I knew it. So my greatest failure was not getting a mentor enough early in my life. Mm. Right. Wow. That's, uh, you turn it around, isn't it? Yeah, that's amazing, you know. The, so because you've now obviously understood a lot of this and now you want to obviously help your son to start earlier. Yes. Because you've seen it and uh, you want him to be, to have the biggest success in life. And that's why you say, yep, this is what I've learned. You should get somebody to show you who has done it. Yeah. I mean, look at this. Let me bring this, let me take this to another level again. It's like marriage. You get married, right? When you get married you to your husband or to your wife, most time, the only people that gives marital advice to a couple is the husband and the wife of the parent. So, so for example, my father would give me advice and teach how to be a dad, how to be a husband. So what if, for example, my dad died many, many years ago. So who taught me how to become a dad? No. So I think this is what people need to start doing. So if you are in a, you just going to marriage, you need to be a friend with someone that's been in successful marriage Mm. at least five years so they will tell you all the different challenges they've been through taking their marriage to five years by the time you get to five years you need to be friends with somebody who has a marriage of 10 years so because it's, it's different milestones that's right it's different milestones so until i started to have a mentor who was a millionaire I never thought of actually becoming a property portfolio millionaire because when I started as a property investor, all I just wanted to do is get cash flow quick, 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 quick. You know, the next property, marry, you know, manage it, get 500 pounds there, 2,000 pounds there, and I'm happy. Then I, I got myself my first millionaire mentor, Adam Stott. And he was doing 77 million pounds turnover. Oh, I mean, overtime. Oh, Adam, yeah. He's done, he's done 77 million pounds. Mm. But I remember the very first time I sat in his community. And everyone else was seven-figure business owner, six-figure business owner, eight-figure business owner. And I'm like, okay. And I was the smallest fish in the room. Then does that make and then I started to go to him for advice. Mm. Now, my 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 current my current mentor is a billionaire. Billionaire, yeah. So he's been a millionaire and then he's been a billionaire. Or he's a billionaire. So he can actually come from all different kinds of directions to advise mm. me. And I will listen to him. I think it's so important for people to understand the importance of not going to the wrong person for the right advice. Mm, that's right. You have to find the right person for the right advice. So my mother never made a million pounds in her life. I wouldn't go to my mother to give me an advice mm. on how do I become or how do I build a million pound business. You know, my mother left my dad at the age of, I was 10 years old when my mom left my dad's house because my dad, we had a polygamous home. So yes, I love my mom so much, but for some reason there was a break in transmission in that marriage. But I respect my mom for the fact that she never ever, after she left my dad, I grew up with my mom. Never did my mom go into a different relationship. Mm. So she qualified to advise my wife. That's right. If my, wife, if my mother never had a, 
you know, my mother had probably, maybe after she left my dad and she had different men come in and out, my mom is not qualified to give my wife an advice. Of so course. I think you have to be very accustomed to the truth. Mm. And the truth is you cannot, you cannot have a role model in your life that doesn't have what you want. That's right, yeah. That's amazing. Wow. So are you happy, Daniel Moses, Dr. Daniel Moses? Are you happy? I am indeed one of the luckiest people living on this planet. Yeah. I'm so happy that God has lifted me beyond words can even imagine. But mm-hmm. that don't make that don't make me not say I don't go through challenges every day. But mm-hmm. I've come to realize that the challenge that I go through every day is what even created greater excitement for mm-hmm. me to want to even win more every single day. So I could go through a challenge because I know I'm going to finish that challenge and I'm, I'm looking, I'm waiting for the excitement of it. To, to be bigger because you get stretched, you get stronger, you get more powerful. Whether financially, spiritually, mentally, and otherwise. Yeah. I've been through things in my life that, you know, that I look back and I, how did I survive that? And these things makes me excited. I'm oh. so happy. I'm such a happy person that, People around me just look at me every single day. It's like, how are you so happy? How are you? How do you do these things? Why are you this like this? I'm like, if you've been through what I've been through in life, you will understand why it's so important. I wrote about happiness in my book. And I says, if you are not happy, you cannot, you can't create anything if you're an unhappy person. Yeah. If you're unhappy in your marriage, if you're unhappy with your children, if you're happy with your parents, if you're happy in your environment, you cannot create anything. A mind that is cluttered with sadness cannot create anything. Yes, of course, yes. And that's where you start, that mind shift. And that's when you understand happiness, it's a choice. You see, it's the greatest choice. It's not just a choice. Yeah. People come to me, yeah, I want to I want to build a property portfolio. I want to I want to I want to I want to have 2 million pounds in, in real estate portfolio. Then I want to make 10,000 pounds cash flow every single month on the on the 2 million pound portfolio. Yes. Let's say for example you have 2 2 million pound property portfolio, your let's just say your um your debt on it is 60 60 to 75% and you have got this equity and you got this cash flow. But if you're unhappy, if you're not happy, it's not going to happen. Mm. A lot of people think then when I make the money, I'm going to be happy. Then when I get this, I'm going to be happy. No. If you're unhappy in general, you can't mm. create. And unhappy, on, 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 on an unhappy person within mm. can create greatness. That's right. Oh, I love this nugget. Right. Do you think that you're healthy? Wow. I am very healthy uh, because I'm very healthy because number one, I do my MOT every six months. Good. Oh, so what sort of MOT? Sorry. So I do Sorry my disturbing MOT. Your, your answer there. I do uh, the same MOT you do in a car, right? But health MOT. So every six months, I just walk into my GP and I'm like, I need to check. I need you to check everything. Cholesterol, sugar level. Just, is that, but you just did it six months ago. I don't care. I want it. Right, it's free. Mm. I pay my taxes. Can, yeah. I have, can you make sure I do all my tests? Wow. And I just do that every single month. The same way I go to the dentist to make sure my teeth is checked every every three months. I check everything. And um, the only one bad habit that I think I have is that I always forget to go to my eye test every single 
every 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 year. But I have actually overcome that a year ago. So now I do my eye test as well every 12 months as well. So yeah, I, I do that. And I think I actually picked that from my mother. Mm. So my, my mother, she's 60, my mother is 68 years, 68 now. Um, she has never been, my mother's never been admitted for in a hospital for over over 48 hours. And I can actually count how many times she's actually ever been to the hospital where she was admitted for 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So yes, in terms of whether I'm healthy or not, uh, I am healthy in terms of that. And as well as I, I, I try as much as possible to watch what I eat. Obviously, I'm African. We mm-hmm. eat greasy food. Um, and I try as much as possible not to eat too much of those greasy food all the time. In terms of snacking, I try. I just try. I try my best. I really try my best. And I do go for a walk and a run, you know, every single day. But over the last three months, I took a break. I took a break because I was losing weight because I was overdoing things. So I said, you know, I just need to put a little bit of weight, you know, and see whether I can lose it again. So I'm actually doing a test now where, for example, I just wanted to put a little bit of weight, which I have now, and I'm going back to put it off. So, yes, I, I do all the things that I think I need to do. Mm. Uh, I've never really looked into getting a, a health consultant to work alongside with me because I've never been really been ill. And every single time I went doing tests, mm. it's been clean. So... Yeah, I don't think there's specific needs in there. But yes, I'm always open to having conversations on health. Good. And uh, do you do anything else? Like, for example, do you take supplements, anything special to help your body? I take vitamin D and omega... What's that? Three. Omega three. Anything else? I eat a lot of vegetables. (laughs) Yeah, vegetables, good. Excellent. Okay. Uh, do you do oh so you go for wall runs obviously to keep yourself healthy yeah yes wonderful yes and um, I think I'm I'm also looking to get into into like sooner things and all these things they say it's good for the body mm. you know, and stuff like that okay good and uh, do do you agree health is wealth health is the greatest wealth mm. if you're unhealthy you can't create wealth that's right yeah. Wonderful. Well, I love your answers. Yeah, we, 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 we agree with each other. Right now, now going back to the wealth side. So what do you think of the current uh, economy in UK? And uh, what, what is your understanding and how can we navigate ourselves, you know, along this obviously uh, treacherous time? I often ask this question, do you want to be rich or do you want to be wealthy? People don't understand. Wealthy. People don't understand both. People think, people think, oh, I want to be rich. Rich is very simple. Rich is monetary, mm. right? Monetary affordability, you know, spending wherever you like at whatever time you like. But wealth has everything. You can get rich very quickly, or wealth, you can't. You can't build wealth overnight. Yes, you can get rich. You can do a contract today with I'll give an example. There was a scandal on Sky News where that company who had the scandal of, you know, the, the mask, you know, and 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 with the NHS and all of that stuff that happened, you know, during lockdown. And I'm sure the CEO of that company became rich. Wealth is the fact that you have integrity around you. You mm. have you have almost nothing hidden around mm. you. Your life is an open book. Mm. You know, one of the reasons why I share my marriage, I share my life, I share everything, because I'm trying to get into that wealth mentality. 
Because if you come and accuse me tomorrow that, oh, you found out this about me, I'm going to be like, oh, I actually said that somewhere. Here is the link. Go on, listen to it. Mm. Right? So for me, wealth creation is not just money. Wealth creation is your integrity, who you are, what you do, how you live your life, assets that you own that produces your cash flow, your lifestyle. So wealth comes with everything in abundance, abundance of everything around you, your health. So, and this is something I started to teach people how to do. And people say, I want to get into property. I said, great. You want to get into property. What is your goal for the next five years? Because if you go out there and see what other a lot of property gurus talk about, a lot of property gurus don't talk about wealth creation. A lot of property gurus talk about, oh, get into property now. You're going to be successful tomorrow. But I'm like, get into property now. You're going to be rich in five years. You're going to be wealthy in five years. All right. And you're going to start building a legacy after five years and beyond. Depending on what that legacy is. Some people's legacy might be, you know, let me have a one million, one million pound, you know, equity somewhere. Let me have this there. Let me have that there. But again, it's always using that five, five years model. Mm. So the five years model is, for me, wealth creation is you've got to be aware of what's happening in the economy and how to use the current economic climate for your greatest advantage. So right now, the interest rate is going up high through the mm. roof. And a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm going to wait. The interest is going to reverse. Then I'm going to buy an asset. I'm like, no, you don't buy real estate. You don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and you wait. Statistics have shown us over the last 1,000 years that every 10 to 15 years, property tend to double in value. So yeah. if, you buy 20, if you buy 20 properties the year 2023, by 20 years' time, 2043, okay, your equity would have doubled. That's if, right. you, if you learn how to hold that asset, regardless of what the interest rate says, for some reason, if you go through the graph of wealth creation, there will be a dip and up, there, up and down. There will be instability descending and ascending. Regardless, statistics have shown to us that it's always going up, mm. depending on where and what location you are investing in, mm. right? Because right now, there's so many texts out there that is, being, that is coming that is going to replace a lot of things. But we're not all of a sudden going to disappear and live in the metaverse, are we? Mm. We're not going to disappear from this planet and just go and no, live. No, we're going to have a, need a place to stay. We're always going to need a place to stay. So whether the interest rate is going up and down, whether there's recession, right? All you just need to do is to understand the economy. You need to understand how does the how will the real estate that you're acquiring fund itself. Mm. And if you have the answer on how it can fund itself, which you know a tenant will fund that process, what have you then got to lose? So let's mm. just say, for example, you bought a house today for a million pounds. Your mortgage is 2,000 pounds. The rental income is 2,000 pounds, and it's not making you any money, right? That's, just, that's the average uneducated property investor needs to do. You that's buy right. a property today. The mortgage is going to cost you 2,000 pounds. The rent is 2,000 pounds. In worst case scenario, you you apply a landlord insurance onto that property and it's going to cost you £1,000 a year. That is now taking you £1,000 in deficit. Well, if you can hold that property for at least 10 years, the compound interest and profit or capital appreciation of that profit will come to take over your, you know, the money you spent, you know, a year for that number of time. So you, we have to, I think for, for me, my own way of wealth creation is that we have been so blindfolded by what the, you know, what the, the open market says and not taking advantage of what can happen over long term. Mm. But if you think long term, 
Recession is usually one of the greatest times that real wealth is created and real That's opportunities right. created. That's right. Right. Wonderful. I love that. So now with regards to obviously what you're doing in property, so what do you think is the best strategy currently in property investing? The Over time, all right, and, and, and this is basically over time, and I'll use 1,000 years as an example again, over the last 1,000 years, a land is valueless without a building sitting on top of it. Most people say, but no, a land is not valueless that way because the same land that is valueless can be used as a farm. Mm. The food that we eat comes from the land, the ground. Mm. So in as much as you can, you, can get, you can get a land and you acquire it and there's no value in it, you can get a farmer to, to, to farm for crops. Oh, wow. you, can, you can turn it into a ranch where there is, you know, animals there doing things or you can turn into a poultry or something and over time development will come to that city and that land can be applied to to be built on top of it so you're never in the in the real estate game you're never losing mm. but the reason why people think they're always losing is because they don't understand all these different elements of how mm. really land works land is one of the greatest assets that you will ever own so mm. for me, in this current in this current climate people need to understand how to acquire assets that they can add value short term or long term. So it's add values. Yeah. So it's it's all about adding value short term or long term. So you you've not like say, oh yeah, it's a service accommodation, oh yeah, it's commercial conversion or you know, land development, you know. So this is the thing. The thing is people have been so people are I think people need to, first of all, understand. Understanding is key here. Mm. People are rushing for the cash flow, which is the money, mm. right? But if you learn to buy the most worst property in the best location and add value to that property, and that property comes to the end in a in, in couple of months time when value is added and you refinance and you pull out money, then that's great. So I think people are saying right now, strategies. Okay, let's get strategies. Self-accommodation. Self-accommodation now. A lot of people are just rushing into it, rushing into it right now because, oh, yes, vacation is bumping. Yeah, it's the greatest time to jump into it. A lot of people want to do self-accommodation. Great. And a lot of people have also gone to do self-accommodation in the wrong area. For me, I'm a wealth strategist. I'm Yes, I love property. I'm a property mogul, but I think wealth. And wealth comes with the different patterns of your tenant profiles. And all these different things are tenant profiles, whether it's self-accommodation, whether it's HMO, whether it's you renting out to a care provider, or whether you're going to a care industry i do all of this all right oh wow you've gone into care industry as well yes so i do all of this right i do all of this but the strategy is to flow right the strategy that you mentioned like sales accommodation hmo and all of this is is to flow but where what i'm building is wealth right how can i own things that has no value and how can i prove value and how can they over appreciate over time Mm. Whilst in the meantime, the cash flow, which is the strategy, self-accommodation, HMOs, mm. all right, single family dwelling, how can I hold on to them mm. so that the the you know the the, the compounding effect takes place mm. over time, 10 years, five years, 20 years time, whilst mm. the tenant profile pays for itself. Wow. Is the self-accommodation and what such or the cash flow. Wonderful. Wow, I love this. 
Oh, we need more time, but I think we're a bit uh, obviously with you. You're busy, man. I have to go back to my clinics. Right. Okay. So um, I think we're going to have part two at some point, uh, Dr. Daniel Moses. We're yeah. really having some really interesting uh, conversation here, especially I've just heard about the care side, but I'm going to go into that next time or when I meet you. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so with regards to whatever you've given us, what would be your one most important advice that you want to give my audience? Given that uh, my podcast obviously be happy, healthy and wealthy, but it doesn't have to be on those topics, but anything you say, this is the most important. Hear and take heed. Very simple. Everything we've ever wanted, all right, is made up. If you want to be healthy, is made up. And who makes it? You. Right? If you want to be healthy, you're not going to go in the, in the fridge every day to have ice creams. <laughs> you have to make that choice. That's right. You have to make that decision. Mm. All right? And you have to have that will to say no to ice cream when you don't need to take it. So everything that you've ever wanted lies within you based on the decision you make. So mm. ladies and gentlemen, wealthy in health, wealth, wealthy in finance, it's all in your doorstep. You go out there, Go and be the greatest version of yourself.